We are so happy that you are able to join us for today's message. Our hope is that it will encourage you in your walk with God and inspire you to reach those who don't yet have a relationship with Jesus. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com. Enjoy the message. You know, uh, tonight I'm just touching, I'm felt to talk on the call of God again in a way. It's really the call of God because the whole of Scripture is once God saves you, there's then a great purpose for your life. And I'm going to be provoking everybody all year. You're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm so provoked in my call. And uh, I hope that you're so annoyed you actually walk in your call. That's my plan. I annoy you so much that you're like, all right, I'll just walk in my call now. I can't take it anymore. That's what I'm hoping for. But I really want to encourage you that after you, get, after you um, get saved, God's working to bring his plant into play. And I love God because in uh, Romans 4, it nails it so well. It says, therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Who's the seed? You and me. Not only to those who are of the law, it's the Jewish people, but also those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I've made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God. Look at this, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they do. Say that again, God calls those things calls them into being in your life and in my life and even in our church right now. He calls into being those things that currently in the flesh do not exist. Yet God says, I'm calling them into being and I'm calling them into existence now, even though you can't see them, as though they fully exist now. God is calling things in your life that do not exist currently. And he's calling them and calling them forth as though they fully exist now. In Jesus' name. You need to know that God sees your life and sees where you're going and he's got a great plan. And, and uh, God can call you something and plan something for your life and call you something that you are becoming long before you become it. He says, I'm calling you that long before you become it. And uh, that's why sometimes you'll feel a little bit of a stretching happening or a little bit of something happening on the inside or a little bit of, you know, uh, I've felt over times in my life where I can tell the, the pull of God, the stretch of God in my spirit and, and practically. <laughs> and I know God's saying, I'm calling you because you are becoming who I, who I plan for you to be. And I'm speaking it into existence long before it exists. I think I told you the night I became a Christian. I still remember the night I, I got saved and uh, somehow I ended up walking in the front praying the prayer. The pastor said, you know, if uh, God's speaking to you, you've got 60 seconds to get on your feet. If you remember that story, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And uh, as one of my great friends tells me, I always work well under pressure. And so God gave me a 60-second order call. Who has a 60-second order call? I was like, I need longer, God. I need longer than 60 seconds. And the pastor then goes, 40 <laughs> anyway, that night that I came down, I, didn't, I turned around and was like, how did I get down here? 
And uh, I could feel the presence of God in me. I felt hot. I felt, you know, uh, I felt like, you know, uh, unusually overheated. <laughs> and I could feel, so, I don't know, I could just feel this presence. It was a good presence on my life. And something was happening. And then that pastor that night, I remember him saying, some of you, <laughs> and I'm this right in front of you, going, some of you are going to plant churches. Well, I'd never been to a church. I went to the uh, religious school, but I'd never been, I didn't know what he's talking about. And he said, something going to plant churches. And I just thought, well, don't move your hand away from me because I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything worse <laughs> at the time. Because <laughs> I didn't know churches like this exist. I just saw religious dead churches. And even the day I'm getting saved, the pastor's prophesying over you, something going to plant churches. And that's exactly what we've done. So God will often call you something you're not ready for. He'll call you something you're not ready for. In fact, God will call you a man when you're a boy. God will call you a woman when you're a girl. He's like, I see the woman of God. You're like, hang on, I'm 11. <laughs> so, God calls things as though they were, as though they exist now. He called, uh, uh, you know, um, a kid, a king when he was, you know, just a young man. David was a small boy looking after scraggly sheep. And already God had declared, he's the king. I call you a king. You're going to be the king of Israel, king of my people. You know, you will have terrible symptoms of, and the doctors have diagnosed you something and then God declares and calls you healed. You're, laying, you're like, hang on, I'm, I just got a bad diagnosis. God says, I know, but you're healed. You're healed. You're healed. You're healed. So one of my pastor friends telling me uh, that his sister's overseas. She got diagnosed with a terrible hemorrhage and um, she had a, uh, on her brain, which is a brain bleed. She started losing all of her sight. And uh, she just got up with a whole, people came to her house, they got up, they all just started worshiping the Lord. And she woke up in the morning and the doctors had said the night before, she's hemorrhaging, blah, 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 we're going to take her. She woke up in the morning and she woke up and she was like, I feel fine. And, uh, and they, she rang and the doctor said, you need to come in right now. You don't feel fine. He said, we're arranging you to go to hospital. And she said, oh, I think I'm going to work. I'm good. <laughs> anyway, they did the test. The hemorrhage had completely disappeared. And he said to me today, he's telling me today, awesome. You call you healed while you got various symptoms. God will call you delivered while you're still stumbling in sin. <laughs> Actually, he'll call you holy. You're like, hang on, I'm a sinner. I'm in sin. God says, you're holy. You're holy. You're set apart. I've washed you in my blood. I've made you clean. You're like, you can't have because I'm still sinning. God says, no, you're clean. No, you're holy. You know, God's, God sets the bar. His calling on your life sets the bar for your life. God sets the bar, and then, so he has this ideal for you. Here's the ideal. God's saying, I see this ideal for your life. And uh, what we've got to do is we've got to deal with uh, the current reality while God is working and preparing us. So some of us go, hang on, I've got a very large current reality but I want to encourage you, God right now is at work even when you can't see it. God is at work even when you, in your mind, are judging what he's doing. God is still at work if it looks like nothing to you. But if you respond to him and say, Lord, I am going to praise you when it looks like nothing is happening. It looks like I'm getting nowhere. I haven't got the job. I'm frustrated here. But Lord, I am choosing to praise you 
immediately you are beginning to position yourself for breakthrough. Immediately. And so I like it. Somebody said once, grace gives you something on credit now that, ta- that time takes payment on later. <laughs> grace gives you something on credit now. God will say, by my grace, here's who you're going to be. Here's who I say you are. Here's who I declare you to be. Here's who I declare your children to be. God says, this is who I see you as. So we get it by grace and we're like, what? And then God says, time will take payment later which means you're going to have to go through the process of the development of that. There's a process of development. And so as we let God work in our life, we're going to be, if you like, changing into who God has called us to be. You exist already in His purpose and plan, and He's called into being those things that don't yet exist as though they were. You know, uh, so interesting that, um, you know, Israel wasn't a nation. Israel at the beginning was, you know, a small group of people wandering around. And then uh, God tells Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. He said, as many as the, you know, was it the stars in the sky, you're going to be the father of a huge nation. By the way, when he saw the stars, you're one of them. You're a star. You're one of the stars. And, uh, and so he's declaring that you're going to be the father of a, a great nation. And he's also declaring, hang on, there's a nation coming from this, if you like, raggedy bunch of people who ended up uh, actually going into slavery. So their big start was raggedy, walking around in the desert. Then they're enslaved for 400 years. And in the whole thing, God's saying, guess what? You're going to be a mighty nation. They're like, are you, God, are you on drugs? <laughs> Lord, what, what? We're in slavery here in Egypt. We're servants. We're slaves for 400 years. And God says, no, you're going to be a great nation. You're going to be a mighty nation. Out of the wilderness is going to come forth a nation. And by the way, uh, Jerusalem is mentioned throughout the scripture as uh, the center of uh, the homeland for the Jewish people. And it is not mentioned once in the Quran. Just interesting for that notation. You know, uh, the challenge was for Israel, though, God was their, their king. He was their God. But after time, they decided, no, we want a physical king. We don't just want the God we can't see. We want a physical king. And so God then had a challenge because he had to have uh, somebody that he anointed to be the king over his people. Interesting that at that time he had a woman who was crying out to him who could not conceive. Her name was Hannah. And Hannah uh, was uh, married to Elkanah. He had another wife in those days before, you know, God had put down biblical laws on marriage. At that time he was married to another woman. And uh, now we would say in our current area, are you crazy? You're going to have no money. Anyway. (laughs) So... So the other woman has uh, children. She's conceiving. She's got sons and daughters. And then Hannah is sitting there. And let me just read to you in verse 8 in 1 Samuel 1, verse 8. Just try and listen to this story. It's very powerful if you can listen to it. It says, Then Elkanah, her, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Why don't you eat? Why is your heart so grieved? And he says to her, look at this husband. Here's a, here's a man who hasn't been to rise and stand. 
Am I not better to you than ten sons? Guys, don't try that one with your wife. So Hannah arose after they'd finished eating and drinking in Shiloh. Now Eli the priest was sitting on the seat by the doorpost of the tabernacle of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul. Prayed to the Lord, wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on my affliction, the affliction of your maidservant, remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child. Then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life. No razor shall come upon his head. And it happened as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long will you be drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, I'm not drunk. I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've neither drunk wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief I have spoken until now. And Eli answered and said, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And she said, Let your maidservant find favor in your sight. So the woman went her way and ate, and her face was no longer sad. Verse 19. Then they rose early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned and came to the house at Ramah. And Elkanah knew Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I've asked for him from the Lord, God has answered her prayer. Can I encourage you tonight, everybody? God was looking for a woman who would cry out to him. He needed somebody who would say, Lord, here's everything. I, I'm desirous of a son. Uh, I've got no child. And she says, and God's looking for it. She says, and when you give him to me, I will give him to you all the days of your life. The people wanted a king. God needed a prophet. So he was uh, getting Hannah now. She conceived Samuel, who's probably the greatest prophet in the Old Testament. And God was going to get her to raise up this prophet who would anoint a king over his people, Israel. It's very interesting how God will use your frustration in his greater purpose. Hello, if you're in frustration right now, give it to God. Because God will often use your great frustration, hello, in his greater plan, in his greater purpose, in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen to that? God's using her pain, if you like, in his greater plan, but he's understanding her heart is towards him and, uh, and that she's willing to give her son to him all the days of her life. I love that. Sometimes we're doing a deal with God. We're trying to bargain with God rather than say, God, here is everything. Lord, I give you my life. It's in giving God your all that you really begin to see God move in a greater way. Here's the good news to everybody. Sometimes we think, well, you know, to be used by God, I've got to be a great preacher. I've got to be a great teacher. I've got to be a great author. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Can I encourage you? We need to sometimes get a new definition of what a great work is. Sometimes we've limited what a great work is. And we only see it in certain perspectives. You know, if, if I was like that person, I was like that person. Yet I told you tonight, even again, Diane, who came and led my mum to the Lord, never realizing that just the small part she played would lead to, Steve Kelly reckons, 40,000 people giving their life to Christ. 40,000 people. So you need to get a new definition, and you need to understand that you're just going to play your part. Sometimes your greatness is not just in you, but in who you give birth to.
<laughs> Sometimes your greatness is not just in you, mums and dads, grandparents. It's in the children coming from your family. If you lead them and raise them up an example to them in the ways of God, you might be prepping somebody who's going to touch the nation, but you are critical in God's plan. And can I encourage everybody, if you are thinking, well, it's not happening for me, and that's not happening for me, and that hasn't happened for me. I like Zechariah. I love this verse. It always stirs me and inspires me. It says, for who has despised the day of small things? Come on, who's despised the day of small things? We look at something and say, oh, there's nothing happening there. Got no money there. That's not happening in my life. The Bible says, for these seven rejoice to see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. They are the eyes of the Lord, which scan to and fro throughout the whole earth. God is looking for the person who says, God, at the moment, it doesn't look like much, but God, I believe in your hands it can be huge. God, right now, this frustration, this challenge, it doesn't, it's just annoying, God. But I believe, Lord, in your hands, you can take it and multiply it. And the Bible says God's eyes go to and fro across the earth looking for the person that he can anoint them and anoint that situation and bring greatness out of something that actually may be a terrible frustration to you. Israel, actually, they're in oppression and in slavery, but they're being formed as a nation by that situation. Israel's being formed as a nation by their enslavement. Right now, you might feel like, that's my life. Well, it may be just forming something incredible in you for the future that God has for your life. Israel's barren. Hannah was barren. They're both trying to birth something. But in the middle of it, God's at work. God's at work. God's at work. Have you ever had something missing in your life? Ever felt like, you know, there's something missing. There's something missing and just can't put my finger on it. And I discovered a long time ago, I usually find out what's missing by observing other people and their lives. Not until I went to other families that I realized, hang on, my family, there's a lot missing. When I saw where other people lived and how they lived, I was like, hang on a minute, I'm missing a lot of stuff. Now listen, can I encourage you let that work for you to instruct you not to cause you to be jealous and envious. There's a lot of things that people have got that you haven't got. Don't let it be, hello, that's there to make me jealous or envious or whatever. No, no, no. Let it instruct you and teach you what maybe what normal life looks like, but not where you're to the point of like you're envious and greedy for something that other people have. I let things work for me to teach me, hang on, this is what a normal family does. Oh, wow. Let that teach me. That's a good thing to have. Today, what we do in our culture, a lot of times, you know, the crazier people are, the more we celebrate it. Go, oh my gosh, you're crazy. Yay. <laughs> Let's give you an award for being insane. Anyway, I don't think we should be doing that at all. I think we should be going, what's healthy? What's healthy? What helps people's hearts? What helps children's hearts? What's life-giving to families? What's life-giving to generations? And let it be instructing in your life. The only reason uh, Hannah got really desperate for a child was because she saw Elkanah's other wife with sons and daughters, which then gave her a passion. Sometimes God will put you around stuff to give you a passion. You'll be frustrated, but in the frustration, it's giving you a passion to do something. If you've got a frustration right now, maybe God's showing you something. You think you've got to tell everybody else, but God's not showing it to you so you tell everybody else. God's showing it to you so you do something about it. 
In church, one of the things pastors have to deal with all around the world, in the Christian world, you get people in church come and say, Pastor, we need to be doing this in church. And usually they're telling pastors who are doing 300 things the thing that they've missed out on. And I inform them, come and see me, I'll inform you as well, (laughs) that we're probably doing 300 things, but the thing God is showing you now is for you to do. (laughs) There's a revelation. He's showing you, you're so, I'm so frustrated about this. Frustration is a good clue to what God's calling you to do. I get really upset, as you know, about children suffering injustice. Oh, good evening. Come on. I'm not frustrated about you guys. I love you all. But, you know, like now I got really stirred when I saw, you know, particularly in Rwanda, we saw the children suffering. That frustration of like, let's do something. Then I had to go, Lord, help me to do something. Help me and Sue to do something. Then help you to do something. Turn your frustration. And, uh, and also be careful that you don't redefine what is normal and stay there. <laughs> Some of us, our families have redefined what is a normal life and family life looks like. And then we stay there. We just roll along with it. No, no, no. You need to stop and go, hang on a minute. I need to have a look at that. Because the devil loves me just to make do. The devil loves it when you just make do. Yet God is saying, I don't want you just to make do. I want you to move into my blessing, into my favor. Tonight, can I just declare of you, God is up to something good. God is up to something good. Don't let circumstances control God's dream for you. But determine, God, I'm going to praise you until the dream comes to pass. God, I'm going to bless you until I get a breakthrough. God, I'm going to exalt you till I see salvations in my family. God, I am going to declare your will and your purpose. Thank you, God. You're bringing to life things that I can't even right now fully imagine. But Lord, I'm up for it. Lord, I'm in agreement with it. Lord, I say amen to it in Jesus' name. Come on. (laughs) This is such an interesting thought. As God began to form Hannah's baby, Samuel, who God would use to anoint future kings of Israel, in actual fact, that baby would also be used to form Hannah's own people, the Jewish people. Isn't that incredible? Yet it all started with frustration. It all started with challenge. You know what? If you're in a challenging place right now, can I encourage you? Don't rue it. Let your frustration give birth. Let your frustration give birth. Say, Lord, I'm going to give you my frustrations, but let it give birth to something. Maybe it's that you're going to pray like never before. Maybe it's you're going to do something you haven't done before. Too often we're sitting down in our frustration. But I I discovered, you know, if I had had people sometimes rescue me, I would have never have discovered God if I was being rescued by people. Some of us, we're always running in to rescue everybody. You need to be careful with that because you may be rescuing people from them meeting Jesus in the midst of their process, in the midst of their challenge. And every time they go to have a difficulty, you're like, oh, no, don't have a difficulty. Come over and I'll just baby you again. And they're like, oh, I feel much better because you're there. No, no, you need to say, listen, you lump. <laughs> I'm just waking you up on Friday night. No, you need to say sometimes, hang on a minute. God's with you. I'm not here to rescue you. God is here to rescue you. I'll pray with you. I'll encourage you. But I'm not going to baby you in the middle of an amazing call of God. I'm going to stand alongside you. But now you need to go to God right now. 
I developed my strength because at times I was alone. I developed my strength because at times it was me and God. I developed my strength because sometimes somebody kicked my butt in the kingdom, some pastor, some leader, and I was like spitting the dummy and nobody came in and said, oh, poor baby Jared. I wanted them to. Come and tell me. I'm terrible. Somebody, they told me off. They said this. And I was on my own. And I went, God, that was, oh, they make me so mad. And God goes, that's okay. Many people made me mad too. He goes, but I, I love them. And I'm going to help you to love them. It was in the process. It was in the challenge. It was in the frustration that I discovered myself. I discovered God. And I discovered His call. Give it to God tonight in Jesus' name. Can somebody say amen? I would never have been able to help myself if people were always helping me. There's a point where I had to grow and grow up. But sometimes you've got to go, hang on, I need to move away. I'm always got trying to get people to help me. No, no, no. You've got a big God and a big Father. And I would go to Him. And now I'm able with His power, His grace, to help myself. Give your frustrations to God and let God multiply, hello, through your life. And let Him call into being those things that don't yet exist because God has a great plan. Now listen, they exist in the spirit realm. They exist in God's plan. They're just not existing in the natural right now, but God has got them existing in His plan for your life. Can somebody say amen? Come on, can somebody say amen? Come on, can somebody say amen? Come on, can someone say amen? God has got a great plan for you. For more about Global Heart Church, download our app today or visit us at globalheartchurch.com.